everybody, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, where we seek to share the table with storytellers and seekers alike, hopefully and almost certainly over a great cup of coffee, where we seek to help you flourish and want to see you flourish in your mental health journey. We're your hosts, Jonathan Coggins. And I'm Kyle Ridgely, and I hope that this is a space that is safe and inclusive for all. Welcome to the table. What is up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Pour Over Podcast. Um, as we always say, welcome to the table. Um, I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and we got our other host here. What's up? Kyle Ridgely. Yeah. 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 Hope you all um, have had a good um, couple of weeks since you've last heard from us. Today, um, we have a great guest and if if you're somebody that is wrestling with your faith, um, you probably heard the term deconstruction. It, it was mentioned on our last episode. Um, you may have heard of this guy and his account, the New Evangelicals. Um, and so we brought him on to share his story and talk about what he does. Um, but get into something very specific. Uh, which is very, very important for what we do here. Um, we like to elevate stories. And so what Tim does kind of intersects with that in our mental health. Um, so Tim, man, I'll, I'll just hand it over to you. We just want to, you know, say thank you for, you know, taking time to have this conversation with us uh, and just tell us a little bit about you um, and what you do. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. My name is Tim. I am the creator of the New Evangelicals. It's a predominantly social media slash podcast space. Um, we are centered on Jesus. We are driven by our stories and we are committed to pushing the church forward together. So that's kind of the work that we do. Um, that does deal in the deconstruction space. Um, although we're certainly not the people who are going to give you the end all be all definition of, of deconstruction. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So thanks for having me. It means a lot. Absolutely, man. Before we really dive into this conversation, um, one thing that we always like to ask our guests because we are, um, the Pour Over podcast, we love coffee here. We love sharing stories around the table over a cup of coffee. And when we talked a couple of weeks ago, Tim, you said you're a coffee drinker. So one thing that we always like to ask our guests, um, what is your your favorite coffee um, or brew method? Well, this is, it's funny you say that. I actually just just got hooked up with a small batch roaster called Mad Priest Coffee, which is mm. um, really good stuff. And they're really they do a lot of they do a big take on like you know religious, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of satire on it. Like like one of their roasts is called the Dark Night of the Soul. Dark, dark roast <laughs> that blend. is amazing. Uh, you know, um, or uh, another one is the Matriarch Espresso Blend. You know, uh, so I've uh, nice. the guy sent me a, like two pounds of coffee and I've really liked it so far so i i i guess i can say that it's my current favorite coffee um you know i gotta be honest i i used to work as a barista 
I, I've done it all, you know, French press, pour over, et cetera. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm too old these days to care. So I just do drip, drip coffee. I just throw it. I, I don't, I don't even measure. I just dump some in, throw some water in and pray that it comes out. Okay. So that's just how I do it now. Nice dude. I love that. You, you said it was the matriarch espresso blend. Yeah. And the dark night of the soul, uh, dark roast blend <laughs> among others. <laughs> And when like, and when you when you check out and it kind of does like, do you want these extras? Your option to say no is I'll pray about it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to send me um, their account, their Instagram. I'm I'm gonna check them out. That mm-hmm. sounds amazing. That it's just amazing. if you just Google Mad Priest Coffee, they have their own website. You can order from there. Uh, it's great. It's it's freaking great. Sweet. Kyle, we're going to have to order some Mad Priest yeah. coffee. Yeah, The yeah. names are just make the coffee itself. <laughs> I, I agree. No, I mean, the, the coffee could be Folgers repackaged. I'd still buy it for 15 bucks a pound. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, what I want to um, start off with, Tim, you, you've, you've shared a little bit of, of your story on your account as far as um, – being within evangelicalism for you know many years, serving, playing drums, all that kind of stuff, and then yeah. you know all of a sudden that that being gone. Um, do you, do you mind sharing what that journey has looked like for you? Um, for I'll just start out with for me. So also being somebody that that has you know really left that evangelical space um still committed to jesus but but left that evangelical space uh, for many complicated reasons and at times uh, disorienting um, confusing uh, really having to process some things you know through therapy which has been really therapeutic and and helpful and good and so i I think that it, it can really affect your mental health when you're in this space again of being in this system, being in this way of following Jesus for so long, and then all of a sudden being gone. Um, what's been your own journey um, and, and your story of that, and and just navigating your own mental health? Well, you know my my mental health journey starts way before what happened to me at my church. But you know, you asked the question about my church, and, and you know, uh, within a year, uh, it will be a year and about a month actually. Uh, or two months from now, um, you know, my my church wasn't that thrilled with, you know, the new evangelical social media presence and pretty much said, like, either, you know, um, stop serving on the worship team or stop doing what you're doing on social media. Um, I chose to keep doing the work we're doing on social media. I thought it was more important at the time. And, uh, you know, within nine, within a couple of months, 90% of those friendships just totally dissolved. Um, you know, either being left on red or just ghosted. And uh, that was painful for me. You know, I tell people I'm a type six on the Enneagram, which means that loyalty and relationships are really important mm-hmm. to me. Um, it, it's just, it's core to who I am. I beliefs are always secondary to relationships for me. And so it was really hard to feel like, oh, I thought that, that our relationship was paramount to any theological positions that we might have held. Uh, and to, to find out after six years of being there pretty consistently and pretty faithfully that that was no longer the case was, of course, very, uh, very painful for me. And that that definitely brought out a different side of 
my own mental health and learning how to, how, to, how to really deal with anger for the first time. I'm not really an angry person. You know, I don't have outbursts of anger. I don't keep bitterness. Uh, I let go of things pretty quickly. But th- that one really, um, I experienced levels of anger that I never really felt before uh, as a human for so long, for such, a, for such a prolonged period of time. So I really had to learn to do my best to deal with that. Uh, to, to try and not let it become bitterness, but also recognize that I'm angry. I'm allowed to be angry, but also, you know, how do I turn this into a healthy fuel and not one that not, and not one that leads down the path of bitterness? Yeah, that's, that's good. And especially the part you mentioned about being allowed to be angry, you know, because, because I think for, for many of us for so long, um, have been taught to, be afraid of our emotions, especially anger, and uh, repress those emotions. And then we ask, then we ask, you know, or wondering down the road why yeah. we have emotionally unhealthy people walking around is because we've been taught to to fear that anger, to fear those emotions, to repress those emotions, and not been told, hey, like you, you have the space. To, to feel what you feel. You you have the space to sit in your anger, in your frustration, in your depression or whatever it is. And I, I love that you mentioned that, that I, I had to give myself the space to be angry, you know? So. Yeah. And, and that was new for me. You know, I mean, I grew up through and through evangelical culture, homeschooled, you know, I, I did it. I was totally immersed in that culture. And like you said, you're just kind of taught, like you're not allowed to even feel angry. Right. And I had to, thanks to my therapist and my wife, who's really supportive, you know, my, they were like, listen, like, it's okay to be angry. Like what happened to you was wrong. <laughs> excuse me, you're allowed to be angry about that. You're allowed to feel a sense of injustice. You're allowed to say a curse word or two, you know, or several or dozens. You're allowed mm-hmm. to be angry about this. And they never told me where to go from there. I, I figured out on my own that I was going to let this you know play out and I, I wasn't going to shy away from feeling this way. But also I wanted to keep myself in check regarding how deeply rooted permanently that anger got into my own psyche because I'm a believer that anger when left unchecked and really when left, um, un, uh, when, when left without like an escape valve, right. Uh, some mm-hmm. kind of pressure release will turn into bitterness. And that really affects, you know, who you are as a human being. And then people who aren't even a part of what happened to you suddenly become victims of your own anger and bitterness. Right. So, you have to find a way to, to not repeat the cycle, but at the same time, you have to find healthy ways of, of, of letting that, that pressure out. Hmm. Yeah. What are, what are some ways uh, for you, Tim, just, just in your journey, um, you talking about with that anger, you know, both giving your spouse, your, yourself the space to, to be angry, but also needing that, that not needing to be a thing that overcomes you, you know, and what, well, what, what have you found to be like your release valve or, or something that has helped you in navigating anger? Well, I say fuck a lot more. So <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, true story. There was one time with, with my therapist. I mean, he, he was just letting me go. And I was just, I mean, I was cursing like a sailor. I mean, every other word, the F word. And at the end, my wife overheard something. She goes, 
you said fuck a lot. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but it's just so good to get out. You know, I mean, it really depends. Like I, I, a lot of it comes out, not in a, in a negative way, but you know, new evangelicals is obviously a great place to kind of get some of my frustrations out in more creative ways. But I, I, I also, uh, I play music uh, pretty consistently. I play it professionally on the weekends and I play like in like, in like a top forties cover band. And I live in New Jersey, so there's a pretty robust cover band scene. Uh, you make you can make some good money doing it. So I play on the weekends to you know make ends meet. And uh, some of these songs are you know there's a new one called like A B C D E F U. That's how it goes. And I'm like you know like in, in a deep kind of like dark sense, this is cathartic to play. Like not only am I playing a secular song in a bar in a place that my old evangelical me would, would have a heart attack at, but I'm also singing a song that's like yeah, screw you. You know like I think. <laughs> Maybe even just even just talking to myself that way, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to get this angry out a little bit, you know, in, in, in this musical way. Right. Uh, by, by, by playing drums behind these songs. I think deep down, it's a little therapeutic as well to have to have some of those moments happen as well. Yeah. And also, I would say lastly, w- w- would be the gym. You know, I, I'm not a muscle head, but I like going to the gym. I, I like doing uh, the stair stepper. I, I like doing the sauna. It helps just kind of get the body a little more de-stressed, which I'm always a big fan of. Yeah, for sure. I think that that how powerful it is. Uh, I know you mentioned that people around you were telling you it's okay. Um, giving yourself and other people permission to not feel okay. I think it's really powerful. It gives you a sense of, oh, I can't, I can be a little irritated. I can be angry. I can be, you know, I can be there. And so I think that's really powerful for sure. Yeah, I was talking to someone today on a different podcast, and they were kind of asking about, you know, something where it's like, you know, um, at what point, at what point do you help other people, right? Like, like at what point do you do you sit in, like in in their anger and, and and help them build a house there, and that, and then at what point do you help them kind of get out of it? And what I said was, you know, one of the the problems with this question is that who's who's in control of the healing process, hmm. right? Hmm. Is it someone else who's telling me how to heal and when and, and what the timeline is, or is it someone who's just holding space for me hmm. and is just hmm. saying, hey, yeah, you know, I hear you, I'm I'm here for you. Hmm. Now, obviously, you know, there's a great proverb, right? Better are the faithful wounds of a friend than the deceitful kisses of an enemy. I like that because a, a good friend, you should be able to trust that if they said, hey, Tim, you know, you sound a little bitter. Are you doing all right? That friendship has equity there that I, I would trust that. But that's different than someone on Instagram or, you know, someone I, I don't know, my, my old pastor maybe, right? Hey, Tim, you sound kind of bitter these days. It's like, well, you know, re- polite, you know, respectfully, you know, take a hike, you know, right, <laughs> like I don't want right. to hear it from you, you know? Right. So I, I think that that also uh, is, is a factor as well. Yeah, the the relationship that's built there gives you that space to to be able to speak into that person's life for sure. Yeah, and I I think that's why so many people are so angry right now as they deconstruct because they've lost a lot of their friends that they thought were safe, and so they have no one else who's safe mm-hmm. to go to. And so it's like, well, who do I like? Who can I trust with these very intense, very raw? very unfiltered emotions when I thought that the people I could trust are, are the actual source and cause of such deep you know, emotions yeah, and hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's hard. Um, you know, especially when it, like you said, it's those people that, you know, you've done life with for so long and you thought that um, y- you were a safe space and then you find out it's actually not you know, that, that's hard. And that, that kind of leads me to, um, 
another question like in 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 your journey of navigating all of this in in your story um with being asked to either do new evangelicals or um step down from from leading in in this journey has has there just ever been a moment where you just kind of looked around um you're, you're doing the new evangelicals and you just had that like oh shit moment like what is going on like i feel like i'm falling and like i don't know what i'm doing like this is all new like was there ever one of those moments for you and if there was like what navigating that that disorientation like what did that look like for you um you know i have my own history with, with mental health that started before all of this that you know, uh, of anxiety and panic. And we can get into that story later. Um, and so there's definitely still moments where like, where like, you know, I disassociate or I feel like, whoa, like what's going on? Or I kind of step out of my body for a minute, you know, those feelings where you're mm -hmm. like, whoa, like what just happened? Um, and so there are definitely those moments for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have the tools to kind of cope through them and, you know, and, and work through them as far as new evangelicals and like maybe the sense of overwhelming anxiety that can come along with doing this kind of work that hasn't really happened. Um, I get a lot of life out of doing this work. It, it can be overwhelming in, in, in the work sense, right? There's a lot of things to always respond to. You're always trying to understand something. So when you communicate it, you're not misleading people. People are messaging you all the time. Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And you, what you want to say is, yeah, I'll read it today. Right. But then 40 articles later, that, 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 that's all I, I would, I would do. Uh, so there's definitely a sense of like that side of the mental health thing. Plus I have a family, we have a 20 month old as of this recording, we're due in two weeks. So, you know, I, I, like, how do you manage all those things with an, a nonstop cycle of social media and content creation on mm. top of trying to manage what is in the process of becoming a nonprofit, which is what new evangelicals is, you know, with admin work. So on that level, there's definitely moments where I'm like, how am I going to get this done? What, what is the right order of things? You know, where do we go? But I'm grateful to have a good team and to, you know, I'm, I'm slowly learning that some of those skills that I'm not naturally gifted with to organize myself and not get cripplingly overwhelmed with all of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, kind of something that popped out to me there is, is self-care. I think it's so important when you're uh, dealing with things, uh, especially in your personal life, but also juggling other things in your life. But uh, to remember to practice that good self-care and and taking care of yourself and and your family and, and things like that. I think that's always a good thing to to consider when you're when you're carrying heavy things for sure. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, including myself, we don't really know how to do that because we've been taught that trying to take care of yourself is selfish and you know your heart's wicked um, and you really shouldn't you know do that. You should give, 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 mm -hmm. and. And, you know, I think that this is very much a both and situation, right? I, I do think that obviously if you're so self-centered, it can become unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But also if you're so other-centered, it can also become unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. I'm learning that like even if I, you know, for example, let's say like it's a, it's a Wednesday and I'm just wiped out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I still have content to make for today's, you know, for today's Instagram posts and stories. I'm getting better at saying, you know what, it's just not going to happen today and the world will keep going. And, mm -hmm. and the people who support us either on social media or financially are not going to, you know, think, oh, my gosh, 
why is Tim not working today? That's just more in my head, right? Hmm. So learning learning to give myself grace and empathy in those ways is is the, it's been a, a new journey for me. I definitely don't do it as as well as I want to yet. But we try and take off every Sunday. You know, I try and turn my phone off on Sundays for as long as possible, just not be plugged in, just to be present in the moment. Especially having you know uh, a toddler and another another one on the way, you can't get those moments back. You know, mm-hmm. so I try and stay present. Yeah. So let's jump to um, you know you mentioned you 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 have your own journey um, with mental health before all of this, and I, I'm wondering because. One of one of our goals here with um, our own organization that we're starting, Peaks and Valleys, and and just this podcast and in, in, in elevating and sharing stories. Um, one of our goals, especially you know, following Jesus, is we've experienced um, a, a lot of really harmful ideas and conversations around mental health within the church. And so one of our goals is to, to challenge, um, dismantle, and reconstruct those in, in healthier and more life-giving ways. And so what that, that story of, you know, your own mental health journey um, before all of this, um, was there any ideas around mental health that you grew up in that, that you yourself had to walk through and challenge and deconstruct um, into something more life-giving? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I, I didn't grow up learning about, about mental health. You know, it, it's not that it, that 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 it was discouraged. It just was never talked about. So I didn't I didn't have categories like depression, anxiety, ruminating thoughts. Um, you know, um, health anxiety, uh, disassociation. Those words were not in my in my psyche. Hmm. Now looking back, I've I've had borderline, you know, panic attacks often throughout my, my teenage and young adult years, but I didn't know what they were. And then I was always able to just to kind of ignore it and kind of, you know, repress it. And when I was, um, I had to be 27, 28 ish, um, literally without exaggeration, um, one day, like a light switch, my body was just in full fight or flight mode. And it was, it was panicking. And I, I had no, no clue what the hell was going on. You know, I've had all these new feelings. My mind is racing. Um, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a nap. No big deal. Can't take a nap. My mind's racing. I'm having panic attacks. I feel like I, I need to escape my body and I can't escape. I just feel like claustrophobic inside my own body. And I'm thinking like, this is really weird. What is going on? And it only got worse. I mean, in, in two and a half to three months, I lost 30 pounds. I wasn't eating um, and I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four. You know, I, I'm about 270 right now. So I, I hold my weight fine, but I was not eating well. I was down to like 230, 2, 235 at one point. And I just didn't know what was happening. I mean, I just, again, I had no categories for any of these things. Um, I was freaking out. Things that, that brought me joy were bringing me anxiety. I was newly married. I'm panicking about my marriage. Oh my God, did I you know, not married the right person. What if I fall out of love with my wife? What if I'm a terrible husband? What if, what if, what if, you know, I'm playing music at my church. Now it's a source of anxiety. I'm dreading getting on stage to play. I'm like, what is, what is wrong with me? And I had to do a lot of work. You know, I, I had to start researching and, and looking into what, what is this? What is anxiety? Ways to overcome anxiety. And that led me down all kinds of rabbit holes. You know, um, I, I started going at the time to a Christian counselor uh, who was great. He, he was really helpful in some ways. 
Uh, eventually, I, I ended up going to a secular psychologist who really helped me the most. But, you know, I, I discovered meditation. I discovered how your brain works with this kind of stuff. I, exp- I discovered how cortisol in your body works, right? And I just had to get through, like, what I would say is the darkest, you know, I'm not going to use the word season. That's too evangelical. But the, the, <laughs> the, the, the darkest time period of my life, uh, which lasted a solid two and a half to three years. I mean, it got better after, like, the first year. But my gosh, like it, that first year specifically was very, very dark. It was very intense. I remember waking up specifically one time at 4 a.m., waking up like a bat out of hell, full of adrenaline, ready to go for a hundred mile run. I'm on the couch praying to God, praying about, you know, praying all the verses that I knew about anxiety, reading all the verses I can about anxiety telling God, like, I have nothing left. Like you need to do something. I really felt like I was in hell. Like, you know, they, they say, you know, hell is a place where you're tormented forever. Well, that was fucking torment. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, if this is what hell is like, like get me the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was just a very dark place. So, yeah. So I, 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 I hit it hard, you know, I mean, it, it was not a fun time. You know, it's interesting because in the moment people were, were, were I would, I would listen to would always say, keep going. There is light you can get through. And I did not believe that. I was like, there's no way, no way that, that, that that's a reality. Some were so crazy as to say that they're grateful for their anxiety. I'm like, you mm. are batshit crazy. But mm. honestly, mm. you know, being now where I am, what I tell people it, it, it is that it was the greatest gift that I never want to have ever again. Like I never, you know, it changed me as a human. It grew my empathy. Um, I understood a different side of life. Um, you know, when people said they're anxious, I took them way more seriously or, or if they were depressed, you know, I took them way more seriously. It changed me for sure. That's why I call it a gift, but I never want to go through that stuff. I mean, ever again, mm. ever, ever again. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's hard stuff for sure. I mean, we've been, me and Jonathan have been on our own uh, similar stories. A lot of times it's been an ebb and flow. And uh, one thing I notice is just from my experience, and I've heard from others, just language of grief. Like, I feel like I was grieving um, mm. a lot of these things. Like, and I didn't know why. Like, why am I, even though I have this sense of like uh, freedom and a sense of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm testing things that I believe, I'm finding out uh, how I see the world and how I see God. And and just realizing I was going through stages of grief. I was letting go of a, of something that was such so much of part of my life for so long uh, that I had to come to terms with that, that, you know, Kyle, you're grieving and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. 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 And, and this really led to, um, to what I would call my deconstruction. You know, the, mm-hmm. I, I, I really had all, all of my, I, I was reassessing everything personally, family, uh, theologically. And I, when I got to theological, I said, you know, I grew up a Calvinist, this idea that, you know, God's predestined people to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just got to know if that's true. Like I need, I need to dig and to see like, are there other ways to view this or is this the only way to view the Bible? You know, mm-hmm. and that was what really, what really got me down the rabbit hole of what I would now call deconstruction. You know, just uh, realizing that, like, thank God there are other ways to see these these things and ideas, and that not everyone who's a Christian has to believe that God is sovereignly decreeing mm-hmm. before the foundations of the world who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. Um, but th- but that that 
that anxiety, that, that, those mental health things, those ruminating thoughts, you know, being scared all the time. That's what led me to say, I have to look harder at, at my own theological beliefs to see if they're really true or not. Cause I need mm-hmm. something that I can grab onto as truth. So that's kind of what started a lot of what eventually led, you know, several years later to new evangelicals. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. That's good. Um, sometimes, you know, those, like, like I, I like you. I like the way you worded that. Yeah, it's the greatest gift that I never want. That I never want again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's crazy. Like how those those seasons like that, where they suck mm-hmm. really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, you know, it, the other side of those things i mean often comes the greatest you know growth and development and um creates resilience um in us and i I think that's a just a beautiful thing about just 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 how we as humans work you know Um, i think that's that's awesome so you know kind of moving into uh, new evangelicals and what you do now and with, you know, this conversation of mental health and, you know, I mentioned to you when we talked to him, I, I told you, I was like, I, I love what you do on your platform and I love the way that you do it, um, where you just share stories um, of and, and going back to that, that idea of giving people space uh, to share their stories, to put that that grief out there, to put that um that trauma out there, whatever it is, whatever their experience is, you, you've, you've given people a space to do that. And, mm-hmm. and I know that there, you know, maybe stories that I see that will trigger me or bring up some, some of that past trauma or that past hurt with doing the new evangelicals and, you know, walking through deconstruction and rethinking everything about, um, you know, the AEC, what you call the American evangelical church or the prevailing model church. And now being out of that, like, how do you, in, in, in sharing so much of that, that grief and trauma and seeing all those stories, how do you care for your own mental health? How, how do you, how do you live in that tension? You know, um, because, because I, there, there's some hard things that people share um, on your stories, and yeah, I don't know. I I can't give you my, my magic formula um, because I don't really know how I do it. Because it, I read these stories and it, they live in a different part of my of my brain that just says elevate the story. You know, like I I don't really internalize it. However those stories keep me motivated to keep doing the work that we do. Does that make sense? So it's not like they don't impact me or that I find them, you know, not, not worthy of being shared. Um, They just don't, the, the way that they affect me is motivation, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not stifled by them. I'm motivated. Like, okay, all the more reason to mention how the AEC is harming people, all the more reason to find better ways to elevate these stories, all the more reason to call out the Christian nationalism in the American church that we're seeing, you know? So to me, it's really fuel to the machine uh, more than, more than 
uh, me alone, you know, crying, saying, how could I, how can I go forward after reading these stories? It just does the opposite for me. It just keeps me going. Hmm. Yeah. I love that, man. And I, I, I get so confused, um, how you get, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of the, the, the flack you get and, um, I mean, I think you've made a couple of videos now about, you know, people calling you too negative or, you know, what have you. And I'm just like scratching my head. I'm like, do you do you not pay attention to his stories? Um, are you not reading the stories that, you know, are being shared? Um, <laughs> the reason why he's even doing this. Um, mm. So uh, just appreciate what you're doing because um, it, you know. And I know you said this, you you know, you don't want to be the face or the leader. I don't think anybody does, right? Because we we left needing to be faces or leaders mm. and all that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but but you know, do massively appreciate, you know, you you elevating those stories um because again, we here we 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 love sharing and elevating stories. Um and so ju just know you're appreciated and the work you do is appreciated. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I appreciate that, you know, a ton. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, I, it's the internet. So I, I people are, are going to you know have their hot takes. We certainly have hot takes. So I, it's kind of, you kind of expect it. Um, I just don't know how much evidence will convince people that we have a problem, you know, like yeah. how many more stories do you need? How many more pastors still platformed who are notorious abusers do we need? Mm -hmm. You know, like how many more examples do we need before we start saying, wow, maybe the systems and structures that we have currently mapped onto the, the to the church uh, are not serving the church and actually hurting people? Mm -hmm. That's my question, you know. So, but I, th and that's why we keep doing the work. Like, I, we we I did um some, a couple stories the other day, and I saved them as a highlight called "Disagree." And my point was just letting people know, hey, if you don't agree with us, that's fine. But here's who we're here for. You know, we're not we're, we welcome perspectives, but we're not here to coddle all perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. We let people be. You know, we, we we for example, we rarely delete comments, like rarely. Um, you know, so we we allow people to say we don't agree with you. I don't like your view, but that doesn't mean that that we think that that viewpoint is equally elevated in our community because the people that we're working with are are really the bodies behind the bus. <laughs> frankly right it's not people who are in the driver's seat it's not people who are in the bus not people who are high-fiving each other because their sunday morning service kicked ass it's the people who were doing that and they did something or they said something and they essentially got thrown out of the back and said thanks for your help we're done um you know that's who we're working with those people not the people who are currently driving the machine yeah yeah and i almost said like all the things you just said in that in uh the recent couple minutes about you know you have this almost what I'm hearing is like this sense of purpose, this mission to get this word out that you see that you've been your own personal journey that you are so passionate about. That's what I hear when as, am I getting that right when you're saying that? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely passionate about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's, um, I think that's all I got. Anything else you want to add, Tim? Uh, I don't, I mean, it's up to you. I'm, I, I feel like we covered a lot of topics, but, um, yeah. if you have anything yeah. else you want to add, I'm down, but if not, that's fine too. Cool, man. Anything, anything big next for the new evangelicals? I, I know y'all are working on, um, getting the nonprofit status. I know that's in the works, right? 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's been with the government since October. So hopefully any day we'll have word. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. besides that, I mean, what else is in what what are some next steps for Tim and New Evangelicals? Uh well, first thing is uh maternity leave for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had baby right. number two. Um, after that, you know, we have some stuff we're working on. You know, we're, 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 we're currently fundraising. I do this work full time. So funding is a big part of, of what we need to keep things moving at the same level. We're working on some other content, more in-person stuff that, you know, we can't talk about just yet, but we're working on it. So there are definitely things in the works, but right now my eyes are set on maternity leave and then set on kind of coming back and seeing what this new dynamic looks like having two kids, um, you know, and, and how that might affect my, my day-to-day flow. Fantastic. Fantastic. So when's the due date for the uh, March yeah. 15th? Okay. Oh, up. Um, boy or girl? We don't know. Don't know. Okay. So, so it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. Nice, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Well, we just want to give yeah. you a big, uh, congratulation on that. Yeah. that that's yeah. incredible. So, Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. Last, I I just want to do something do something fun with you, Tim, before we end. Um, Let's and do I'll, it. I'll I'll answer this question too. <laughs> I'll answer this question too. Just 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 All because right. of I'm kind of scared. I don't even know what's about to go down. <laughs> just 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 because of a lot of the the political tensions in the last two years, and you know Trump and Biden, and like I said, I'll I'll answer this question too, Tim. If if you were in the room with Donald Trump, mm. what is one question you would want to ask him? If, if you could only ask him one question, what, what would it be? <laughs> to quote Michael Scott, why are you the way that you are? Yes. <laughs> yes. Office vibes. I love it. I, I would have to ask him that. That would be my question. Why are you the way that you are? Help me. Help me, President Trump, understand what's up with you. I, I need help. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Great. Oh um, my gosh. Man. Best advice ever. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I was I was thinking something in like the same vein as you. I would I would ask him, who hurts you? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. yeah, who hurts you? <laughs> who, yes. who hurts you? <laughs> uh, yes. Like I said, one in and on a fun note. So there you I go. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, tell everybody where they can find you, the work you're doing. Um, even if you have um, a donation link, maybe we can point people there to support that work. Sure. Yeah, everything is really on our Instagram at the New Evangelicals. You can cl- you can tap on our link in our bio and all our you know our access to our podcast, our Facebook community. We have a map where people can sign up and see who's in their area. Uh, that's all there. So at the New Evangelicals on Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter, etc. It's all there. Awesome, Tim. Well, thanks again for coming on and just sharing your own story and navigating, you know, deconstruction, the work you do and, you know, your own mental health. Again, um, we love elevating stories here and sharing stories and, and thanks for sharing your story, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. No problem. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming to our little corner of the internet and um listening to our little show here um we very much so appreciate it um don't forget if you enjoy um leave a review 
and we will catch you on the next episode of the Pour Over Podcast. See ya. Thank you.